Madeline from Midwife. David Nance. Seth Graham. Kiaville. Mike from Uniform. Lee Noble. Braden J. Hello, and welcome to the Tome to the Weather Machine podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hall, and in this interview, I talk with audiovisual artist Rue, aka Rachel Wagner, to discuss her journey as an artist and the themes and process behind her audiovisual album, Garden of Astral Blooms, out January 29th on Whited Sepulchre Records. So you mentioned that you you moved to Columbus um, a couple of years ago. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. I've been to Pittsburgh one time, and I really loved it. Uh, I went to the Warhol Museum, and uh, yeah, it just seemed like a really kind of a comparable city to Cincinnati in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So are you from like the city proper or from outside of it I grew up about 40 minutes outside of Pittsburgh and then for high school moved closer to the city and then stayed in the city for college as well gotcha. so growing up outside of Pittsburgh you know where I kind of like to start with these interviews is talking about sort of some of your early encounters with music and sometimes that was you know what was in the air with what your parents were playing or you know absorbing it through radio um and and so with you being both a uh a musician and a visual artist maybe we can kind of take that from from both ways um was there any music that you found yourself gravitating towards or or any early kind of musical experiences that you or uh like listens or, or something like that that you really find yourself gravitated gravitating towards and then we could also you know talk about visual art how did you get started doing um visual art and and how did that kind of get to where you are now yeah so i don't know if childhood i have many strong experiences of seeing or you know seeing visual art or hearing music but when i was starting to get toward the end of high school i knew that i wanted to continue to pursue art and um there was something in Pennsylvania called the Governor's School for the Arts. And that was for like 17, 18 year olds near the end of high school. And it was six weeks, I think, in the summer. So I uh, ended up attending that, which was really, really amazing. It was completely free and it was, um, they had visual artists, music, writing, dance, theater, I think. And 
So a lot of young people together doing those things for six weeks, it was like heaven to me. And I made a lot of friends. And I also, what, was you, what was your concentration going into that? Media arts, actually, but visual arts. So I was starting to learn Photoshop more and more and some animation, some video art. Um, just just starting to learn those pieces of software and get creative with it. Um, my teacher there, Dennis Childers, was really great. Um, and there were also some college age people who were kind of serving as like the um, mentors. And yeah, I so I remember listening to the jazz group um, and also some chamber music. There were some like adult chamber musicians who came to the performance and I like my brain like went off into space and I started visualizing so many different things and that's when I was starting to figure out like okay music can be really inspiring um it's one of my I would say like first strong memories of something like that before that had music held much um I guess space in in your mind or or was it maybe just something that was happening in the background sound like that like seeing and hearing chamber music and, and classical music performed was really eye-opening but before that had that just kind of not been super important to you especially as I entered adolescence I was really discovering a lot of music and it was my happy place where I could just listen to my music in my room and journal and read and stuff like that um and then my dad has played guitar since I was a little kid, so he still does. And he was talking to me about some of the pieces of software he's been using on his iPad. <laughs> he records with his brother. They do a lot of covers. It's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So going to that, um, you said it was called the Governor's. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So funded programming for young people. I know, right? <laughs> or like, imagine like, you know, uh, like federal funding for that, like, you know, yeah. Canada, right? <laughs> um, yeah, what a dream. Um, <laughs> so, so being exposed to that and kind of seeing, um, you know, chamber music and, and, you know, classical music performed firsthand, it sounded like that was, um, it, like, it, it sounded like you had kind of a connection between the visual art that you were doing and hearing that music performed. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, did that, did that change maybe the way that you saw like those two things intersecting? Like, did you um, maybe from that point forward kind of look to music to inspire visual art or did you see like, what kind of connections did you see between the two? Hmm. So, there was a loose connection between music and art when I was studying visual art in college. So I would make sometimes these uh, video art pieces, animations, think of them as like um, video collages a little bit. And I would make my own soundtracks for those. So for one of them, I used recordings of singing bowls. And for another, I was taking field recordings and working them, which is something that I've come back around to in a big way. Um, but I also did a, a lot of visual art that was simply visual, just digital collage. 
So you're you're using Photoshop and doing like a lot of digital collage. When did you get into some of the more kind of like 3D animation and more, <laughs> it's not really ignorant, but kind of like more moving art, <laughs> I, I guess? Yeah, sure. Um, I learned 2D animation in college. And then after college, I was working at a small animation studio in Pittsburgh and they had Maya on their computers there. So I figured I would take advantage of that. I taught myself 3D animation at that point after school. But by moving art, I mean animation. <laughs> <laughs> well, video art counts. Yeah. Yes, DJing counts. It's all definitely under that category. So I, I, I was trying to think. It's like okay, but like what what happens when a drawing moves? <laughs> like what is yeah. that called? Oh yeah, it's yeah animation. <laughs> so um, so where did you go to? Where did you go to college? At Carnegie Mellon University. Okay, yeah, right there, right there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I've I've been I've driven around that campus. It's really it's really beautiful. They have a rainbow LED bridge, and I love it. <laughs> so, what was your uh, what was your like major and concentration in college? Uh, it was I got my bachelor of fine arts and concentrated in they call it electron electronic time-based media digital arts <laughs> that's that's almost as like a convoluted way of like me saying like <laughs> moving drawings <laughs> um so being in pittsburgh you know uh I, I always kind of like associate pittsburgh with a really strong um diy and experimental noise scene um was going to college there like were you exposed to any of that that was going on during that time and and, and yeah what, what kind of year what, what years were was that uh that's a good question actually when i was in college i want to say i was pretty firmly in the bubble of being in college which was mm -hmm. what was working for me at the time um, and then after i got out there were a couple years where my friends were kind of starting to move away and um and then it in 2016, that's when I kind of started DJing, so live video mixing uh, for shows that were happening in Pittsburgh. A lot of electronic music, really fun shows at Brillo Box and some other places. Uh, so I was having a lot of fun in those years, just getting started uh, doing projections and uh, even some projection mapping and just being part of the vibrant nightlife. Um, yeah. So I've seen, um, so I've, so I've seen projection mapping before, um, mm -hmm. and, and normally they've been at like really kind of like bigger like dance and like kind of like EDM shows, and um, my my like yeah, it's mind blowing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, um, and and so it sounds like maybe like that like were you doing kind of stuff for like kind of like bigger like like DJ sets and stuff like that or like electronic music. Yeah, all kinds of electronic music. Um, so I'm trying to think of the most notable memories that I have. I mean, I did have a lot of fun getting pulled into various projects, or not projects, but nights of music where there was going to be like specifically projection mapping that was going to happen. Um, and yeah, collaborating with other DJs and um, you know, figuring out how to use my MIDI controllers to make the 
video clips go to the music. It was, yeah, it's still so much fun. I would love to do more. Yeah. So, um, so kind of post-college, it sounded like um, a, a big kind of like nightlife or, or kind of like artistic pursuit kind of outside of like what your, what your day job was, was kind of doing these like VJ sets and like digital mapping and stuff. But it sounded like you also had a, you said you got a job like at an animation studio. So it sounds like your, your day job was also rooted in, um, yeah, yeah uh, animation and stuff like that. I'm, I'm curious, this is just, I, I, because I'm, I'm really interested in this. Like, that seems like a job where you have like a lot of time where you're like alone with a computer, right? like alone like drawing are you somebody who like does that to music do you listen to music while you what while you do that yeah I'll listen to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts a lot of interviews I like putting on interviews so yeah it's at a certain point I was putting on Tom to the weather machine interviews. Oh, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, also a lot of YouTube because there's long form interviews on YouTube as well. And lately I've been on this YouTube channel that has like, it's like new aging music from years and years ago. That's awesome. And that's been great. Um, yeah. the, the, so I'm a big Echoes fan. Um, yeah. And we, so my, my, my wife who is like, could really has an active dislike, <laughs> just like disinterest in <laughs> like my experimental music pursuits. We were listening to it driving, driving home. And, and she was like, like, Ryan, why don't you do this? Like, why don't <laughs> I'm like, I do like, I have an hour and a half long podcast that I put out every single month. Like, <laughs> she, like, it was like a light bulb going off. Like, Oh yeah, you could do this. I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I already do, um, but no, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of like, um, they they were doing like a whole night of like Vangelis, you know, uh, like just playing, you know, like twelve minute compositions like back to back. So, um, my, I would say my favorite. So if I were to rank sort of like my favorite streaming, like in order mm -hmm. of preference, it is like mm -hmm. YouTube rips of like. Uh, like 12 like of like like full dj sets and like 12 inch like techno records uh then bandcamp of course and then soundcloud and then spotify like i yeah yeah youtube that is like is exactly right. yeah on on like untold gems of like uh super rare records and dj sets that are just waiting there yeah, yeah. some passionate people out there dedicated yeah <laughs> So when did you start making music of your own? Um, 2018, 19. So really just a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really, really impressive. Um, what did you, uh, what were some of your inspirations to you know, start making music on your own? And, um, you know, what were you listening to at the time that, you know, um, well, yeah. So, what were you listening to, and then also, like, what were you making it on? Um, so, at the time, I had been exposed to a lot of experimental music, uh, kind of all at once, like maybe starting in 2017 and around then, and just uh, hearing some live sets where, yeah, like 
basically very similar to the chamber music experience at age 17. Like my mind is going way out here and I'm like thinking of all these crazy things um, and realizing how inspiring very weird music can be. <laughs> and I, so I think just all of that new experimental music that I was being exposed to at the time was really, um, yeah, inspiring me to figure out some ways of making music and, and my partner David had also shown me this Volca FM synthesizer. Ah. So I started using that and playing around with it and um, yeah, really getting familiar with the range of alien sounds that that thing can make. And also uh, for this past project, Garden of Astral Blooms, I kind of used it in a more melodic way, but yeah, I like that. I like that little synth device. It's really fun. And yeah, also kind of blending field recordings in with that because I love walking in nature. So it's just kind of a natural thing for me to go out and take a sound recording and bring it back later and do stuff with it. So um, I'm, what were you like, I'm really curious to kind of hear what was that like performance or what were some of the stuff that you were listening to or seeing that kind of like, um you know kind of like blew your mind because like with you know with like chamber music and with like symphonies and stuff like that often it's just like hearing like the pure like sound of that like the oceanic like sound of like you know a, a, a section of violins playing like one note together is just like absolutely mm -hmm. like you know like rapture um and then, you know, sometimes seeing like a set, you know, like whether it's like, you know, an experimental like drone set or a noise set or something that is like played at like, you know, live at like such a, a high volume also kind of has that. So I'm curious to kind of like know what what some of those um, what some of those performances were, what some of the, what some of the music was. Yeah, I think it's a combination of people. Uh, you know, friends, people I've been close to and hearing their live sets. So I'm just going to say Pittsburgh, a lot of people in Pittsburgh, Spednar, uh, Arsonist, and then also Diaphne and um, people who came through Pittsburgh to perform. Before friend friend of the podcast, yeah. Arsonist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people at VOV, I went to Voice of the Valley and heard all Oh, of that's awesome. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and went to... In 2018, uh, I did an AV performance with Spednar and we went to Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and then we went to Chicago and heard some great sets there as well. Um, trying to just, yeah, think of names. I'm, um, I'm, I'm holding up Spednar's new tape yeah, that I just got from you to pack go. <laughs> Yeah, um, and yeah, listening to stuff on labels like Constellation Tatsu and Orange Milk, and I really appreciate uh, John Daniel's label as well. Um, yeah. Doing, doing new experimental stuff and sending it to friends of mine. And they're like, oh, I love this. Like, you know, I love the process of sharing it as well. That, that's awesome that you kind of used um, labels as kind of a way to um, access some of this. I, I feel like that for, for me, that was like such a huge thing um, was discovering labels and discovering that labels had a certain aesthetic or if even if they didn't have an like a certain like aesthetic it was something that like you could kind of like see a, a through line you know between um and so yeah constellation tatsu is yeah uh 
fantastic label, um, Orange Milk. Uh, yeah, friends, friends of the pod. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, okay, so cool. So yeah, so it sounds like, yeah, that during that time, you were really exposed to some really, really great experimental music. Um, mm -hmm. And and so, and, and then at the same time, you're also experimenting with FM synthesis. Um, mm -hmm. And so taking field recordings and just like, yeah, breaking them apart and making whole new sounds out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk more about that too. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear like, what was, what was it about FM synthesis that like kind of made that come alive for you? what I was getting out of using the Volca FM is um, yeah, being able to play on the keys, but also have these sound samples that I could work with later that were unlike things that I'm usually hearing. Um, little, yeah, little bleeps and bloops and <laughs> things that were lending themselves to atmospheric, like 3D animated scenes that I was thinking of while I was hearing these sounds and yeah really just having a lot of fun with um the the spaces like that this music could help me envision so it was kind of music first and then the visual came later and that's been the relationship for the most part but I'm lately trying to like flip that around and make some visuals hand it off to a musician and see what maybe music can come from the visuals Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. So you're, um, I, I, I like that idea that you can kind of like you're working on kind of separating the two. Um, I'm, I'm interested. So your, your latest project, Garden of Astral Blooms, which I'm gonna make a shameless plug <laughs> for, um, it, I, uh, released it. Well, the end of this month, um, will be released on the label that I run White Sepulchre Records. Um, and I would love to kind of hear the story behind that. I would love to kind of hear like um, the the kind of the thesis behind it, what you're exploring um, in that um, like in that record, because it is. I would. I'm very interested to kind of hear what came first, right? Um, because it, it's very like I, I'm, you'll talk about it, right? So I don't want to like belabor the point, but it it is like in imagining like uh alien ecosystems right and so um each it's like a super very very unique uh like audio visual album where it's really best um consumed watching the videos kind of like you know in whatever like sequential order or kind of whatever order you want um because the the audio environment and the visual environment work so well together and there's this sense of kind of like uh like generative properties right so it's like in some cases we are like the 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 visual is like or the the, the yeah the the visual component is kind of taking us through this environment or sometimes we are kind of like it's almost like we're it's like a first person perspective and we're just kind of like looking around and things are kind of like appearing um like whole like structures are just kind of like appearing um mm -hmm. in kind of like a very um i don't know like almost like a very kind of like like primitive structure type of way like kind of like a like structural building blocks of like molecules and like obelisks and stuff like that which is very appealing to me um 
so yeah, I, I'm, I kind of went off there, but I, so I'm very, I'm very interested in, um, in, in kind of hearing how you formed, um, you know, that, that project, because it is a very, um, like, it's a very, like, close, like, it's a very, like, closed project, you know what I mean? It's got, like, a very strong, like, each composition has, like, a very strong, like, visual and audio component, where it seems like, I mean, you could, you could take that and just, like, keep on going with it. But, like, I, I like that it, it, it feels, like, very, uh, like, it's a self-contained project. Yeah. Sorry, gone on to no, way too long. That's, good. that's a good way of describing it to you, because there are eight songs and there are eight like worlds for each of those eight songs and so they're kind of like song worlds I guess um and yeah audiovisual performance can definitely be done in different ways but I was taking with the old recordings and kind of starting with the atmosphere and so I worked the field recordings until they were um yeah just they were lending themselves to that fantastical world building type of mood and then I went in and I you know jammed on the polka FM um, to the atmospheres that I created um, to build up some melodies and they were starting to feel like these leading phrases of melodies that are kind of coming in and passing away um, so I wasn't necessarily approaching it in a sense where I'm building uh, you know, on loops like you can do in ele electronic music. Um, it was definitely more of a, an atmosphere building type of thing that I was doing. And then um, at the same time, I'm listening back to these uh, pieces of melodies and these atmospheres and doing sketches in my sketchbook about what that's making me think of. So for Sunlit Glass, that was this like giant stained glass sphere in a meadow and it's very serene, but there's also this jagged shape that's kind of breaking into the stained glass sphere. And that's where the viewer starts is inside the sphere of stained glass and then moving away from it so that you can then see like where you are. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but I think that's the only one that has like the presence of like people in it or mm -hmm. like pick, I, I, that, that was like endlessly fascinating to me. Tell me a little bit about kind of what that, like what you were thinking there, kind of what that represents. Yeah, I think, so especially with uh, just the imagery of stained glass, I've actually worked with that before in my visual art. And I come from being raised Catholic and this kind of religious background. I'm no longer Catholic, but I still maintain a lot of spirituality and kind of my connection to nature is very spiritual. So whenever I'm hearing this uh, music that I've been creating, um, I guess, especially some of the melodic phrasings kind of reminding me of church music. And I was wanting to get more devotional with this particular song and have the imagery of stained glass. Uh, so that was part of it, yeah. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I def, I, I love that kind of like idea of like, being in kind of like it, the viewer is inside of that like floating like stained glass structure right mm -hmm. um and, and and like the music i like you described like kind of the devotional aspect to it hearing those kind of melodic phrases being kind of introduced and then recycled um throughout 
what I love about the record is that it, there are, um, I mean, the, the, the audio fits the visual very well. So there are some that are like very kind of like it very much in kind of like the darker kind of like dark ambient, not, not dark and kind of like this, almost kind of like this, like, uh, like this atmospheric, like, like almost like we were, we're in kind of like a hostile environment, but it's not like hostile, not hostile in like the, not the sense that it wants to harm us. It's just like that we're, 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 we're in this place where like, that is, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, like life is just a little bit hard, harsher than, you know, like the, 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 the fertile, you know, like, uh, fragile abundance or, you know, a, a track mm -hmm. like that where it's a little bit more kind of aquatic based and, you know, it's like, you know, life is just kind of all around us. I would love to kind of the 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 video that intrigued me the most was Outgrate. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about Outgrate. Oh, sure. That's definitely one where I'm diving right into more dark ambient textures. And uh, so when I was making that music, I was picturing being in a dark tunnel and looking up to see that there is a world outside of the tunnel through this grate. And the grate has these um, pieces of it that are kind of moving around. But for the most part, you're in this tunnel. There's these weird sounds that correspond to these like blobs that appear. In They're kind of like polyps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, just at the end of the song, kind of transitioning into flying out of this grate and above the tunnel. and. So that happens um, more than once, I would say. Maybe, yeah, I would say it's uh, part of part of my exploration with this piece was, you know, there's going to be a 3D scene and there's going to be a lot of movement through that. And um, yeah, just kind of making the most of the software that I'm working with and introducing these elements of things that people have seen and things they have not seen and having it be about the beauty and awe of nature, but also the strangeness and dark side of, I think what we're dealing with on this planet right now, not knowing how the, how humanity is going to be existing on this planet in the future and just kind of all these feelings I've been having about that. I, I, yeah, I'm interested in, um, in kind of some of the ideas that you're exploring um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, like alien, or sorry, alien um, ecosystems that, that are, are, that we are sometimes kind of direct parallels or parables, right, about our own relationship to the environment. Um, I would love to kind of hear, and I think that really kind of comes out in like fragile abundance or like even a, a track like scorched earth. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit about kind of like what you, um, what you were thinking of, or maybe even some like concerns or anxieties, maybe about our relationship to the environment now and how that might've um, impacted your, your um, like visual and, and audio creation of those tracks. Yeah, so definitely relevant. At the time that I started the project, I was also talking with my friends about the urgency of climate change. And then I started volunteering for this campaign all about 
um, getting involved in local politics essentially, but it's about like climate um, legislation and clean energy legislation. Um, so starting to do that at the same time. And I think, you know, the impulse to create, um, yeah, alien ecosystems was also coupled with a desire to show uh, nature in this, in this way where, yeah, you're kind of swept up in the beauty of it all, but you're also seeing these kind of um, pieces of debris and yeah, like industrial clutter and um, things that look like they might be infecting the environment or radioactive um, to have that be part of this piece. Yeah, like in Fragile Abundance, how these um, organisms are kind of appearing and then they're disintegrating and um, to have that imagery be yeah, very strong in this. Uh, all seem to work together because I think I'll probably continue to have fun with field recordings, just making them, you know, <laughs> really more chaotic than how they started, but also you can kind of hear where they came from. One of my favorite things, you know, hands down about ambient music um, is that the input and output sometimes have very little to do with each other. Um, <laughs> And I think I've talked about this before, but like, you know, like a C chord put through a ton of different reverb and delay, you know, can come out as like this like ocean of sound, right? So yeah. dealing with a lot of like field recordings um, without like revealing your hand too much, maybe what are some like interesting field recordings um, that might be kind of unrecognizable um, in, in some of these compositions? Uh, yeah, I so I know for a fact that, oh wait, I'm kind of forgetting what field recording went into what song, but uh, I think without great, for example, that came from a field recording from North Carolina and pipelines. Well, okay, I will say this also, um, tumbling forward. That one, I took the field recording from Voice of the Valley. It was nighttime, people running around and screaming. You can also hear like the cicadas and stuff. You can kind of hear music in the distance and it's like over the hill. Um, so yeah, really just having fun with these field recordings that, you know, when you have a quality field recording, you listen to it with good speakers or headphones, like there's just a lot there and a lot that you can do with it. There's, there's a very like high quality of audio going on. That's one of my favorite things that, I, I mean, I, I think I was drawn to um, and still drawn to in experimental music is hearing kind of the inherent musicality and things that might, if not presented to you or if you were actually trying and listening very closely might not immediately present themselves to you. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's, that's great that VOV got a, uh, a cameo in, <laughs> in, in one of your tracks. Um, do, do you tend to do field recordings like um, in nature or kind of in city environments like or both? Like, like um, where do you find inspiration for, for doing field recordings? More so in nature, but the more I take field recordings in nature, the more I realize that you can't quite get away. Well, especially in Ohio, I guess. Yeah. You can't quite get away from the noises of whether it's someone's leaf blower two miles away or a car or an airplane. 
it's just a lot of human activity everywhere so yeah that like that ambient sound that we're we're you know just conditioned to like you really have to be quiet and like listen to it to realize that we're surrounded by like just so much noise all the time yeah definitely um yeah for the one where i was using the field recording from voice of the valley i also had the impulse to record um things off of like police scanners and i ended up getting a lot of like that static crackly noise and just kind of messing with that um so that was fun <laughs> Awesome. So I think we kind of like, um, we might've skipped over a part. So you, um, you moved to, you moved to Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, how long ago did you move to Columbus? 2018. Okay. Gotcha. And what brought you uh, out to Columbus? So I had been dating uh, David for a couple years long distance. And so we closed the distance and I had also met a bunch of friends out in Columbus. They're kind of nice. Um, I had started going to these regional Burning Man events and some in Ohio and some in Pennsylvania and Michigan. So I kind of had like a little community in Columbus going on and those are the people I've been missing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving to Columbus, uh, did you find yourself drawn to any of like, you know, the music community out there or did you find yourself going to like shows um uh, i started going to dirty dungeries a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh oh that's definitely a space where i've had a lot of good times at this point and i haven't really been here for that long but yeah definitely became familiar with uh, some of the things that tend to happen there's a lot of really good live jazz in columbus mm. I never want to take that for granted when it comes back and um yeah just uh a lot of burlesque too, really fun stuff, um, and really enjoy being part of Frequency Fridays and um, yeah, just seeing really wild performances in a small space. <laughs> so yeah, so t tell me a little bit about um, some of your work with like Fuse Factory and, and, and what you've been doing with them. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. They're a small, uh, you know, arts nonprofit in Columbus, really focusing on technology and art. So um, they have a really great music series um, called Frequency Fridays. And there's other music series um, that have been happening through the Fuse Factory. And they've really transitioned well into doing these live streams. And they've opened it up to, you know, you can send a recorded performance. That's fine. They have been airing those every Friday on Twitch. And so I really, yeah, enjoy like seeing people in the chat and, um, well, I joined the board of the Fuse Factory as well. So we've been meeting in video calls and talking about the direction and things that we'd like to move toward doing in the future. Um, but the workshops are also great. I mean, I love the idea of sharing skills. So I'll be doing a workshop here soon through the Fuse Factory. Um, talking about unity and how to use that um, audiovisual uh, with audiovisual art. And yeah, I also took a workshop uh, through the Fuse Factory where the instructor was using pure data to build synthesizers, which is so cool. That seems like a really cool application of F FM synthesis. Yeah. I've been um, peeking into that world. 
<laughs> and it, yeah, it seems really cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Awesome. So I, I like, I love that, um, that not only like, are you like creating this, but you're also, um, using like this really insane time that we're in to like learn, like learn new skills, but also teach skills. You know, I, th I think that, I think that's like one of the best things about being in a like music community, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is being com in community with other people is that like, there is so much labor that's going on that is just done for like the pure love of just like, yeah, like we want to see, I, I like, this is like really awesome for me. I would love to, you know, teach other people how to use it, you know, um, from, you know, just like everything from like learning or like teaching somebody how to like play the bass to like, you know, doing, uh, like full on, like, <laughs> like demonstrations and stuff like that into how to use technology to make music. I think that's that, uh, uh, like, that's one of the few, like one of the things that I really, really miss about, um, yeah just uh being a part of like a a music community it's like yes. um yeah like when ego gets pushed aside and it's just like like the the pure joy of like uh, like i have some it's doesn't translate into like you know real real life that much but like i can show you how to do this and it's like yeah. it can unlock you know so much cool cool stuff like just ways for expression for other people so yeah, also relevant to that point, I had uh, got a lot out of going to meetups in the past where there was kind of a show and tell format almost, like you can kind of walk around and mingle. You can also look at maybe some project that someone's brought that they're showing and talking about how they made it. So um, my partner and I, we started this audiovisual meetup um, and it's also somewhat through the Fuse Factory, um, but it's called Sentient AV. And so we've uh, been meeting every other month for a couple of years and uh, we've been doing Zoom calls recently, but um, I think, yeah, the focus on kind of having a community and familiar faces, bringing in new people, but also um, some skill sharing, some Q and A, you know, try to keep it kind of casual, but definitely open it up to people's projects and learning about them. So that's kind of got an audiovisual focus, but honestly, we're really open-minded. So if someone wanted to show their music setup, that would be totally great. Um, and or if someone wanted to show their visual art project, uh, especially if it's like technology focused, that would also be great. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I think that is like one of the, I, I think just one of the best values of like, you know, a music community or like a DIY community is that like, mm -hmm. um, it, it like w when I did a um, an interview with uh, Elizabeth Baker, that's one thing that I really got out of that interview is that you know, as somebody who's like a you know incredibly accomplished musician, um, basically like learning how to do this from like you know the punk communities, <laughs> you know, just being like, oh yeah, like you got to like run this cable to like <laughs> you know this to make this happen, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think that uh, yeah, and and when like ego is like you know taken out of that, um, I think that's like yeah, one of the truly beautiful things about like being in a in a community. So yeah, that's awesome. So it's I mean it sounds like you've been keeping incredibly busy, you know, with um, you know, doing some of these um, like you're doing this um, 
thing through like um, frequency Friday and like the fuse factory and stuff like that. Is there anything that you are excited that you're like working on outside of there that you're excited about or, you know, w what else has been kind of like capturing your, your attention and your time? Yeah, so I got back into 3D animation and Blender and I was making these anemones and animating them. And I'm passing that one off to a musician and I want to see what happens with it. Uh, it's that reversal of the relationship between That's the visuals awesome. and the music that I was talking about. And um, yeah, I think I'm just doing a lot of reflecting on the strengths that I've kind of arrived at already, you know, creating animations, creating visuals for music. Um, being inspired by music, I feel like that's just never ending. Like I could just keep collaborating with musicians forever. Um, and yeah, it's, I think sometimes tempting to be a little confused about what direction to go in because there's so many possibilities. There's so many things to do with art and technology. Um, but yeah, I think going forward for the near term future, just trying to focus on having fun, relying on what I've learned and um, yeah, bringing music into it, continue to do that. It's awesome. Well, I'm um, really excited that the end of this month, uh, Garden of Astro Blooms will be out there <laughs> uh, in, in the world. Um, I, I, so the like there's lots of different ways that you can experience um the the album or the mm -hmm. project mm -hmm. um so you can go to gardenofastrobloomscom and um i it's a really really fun interactive website where um it'll take you to the video so you can kind of like experience it kind of like a la carte um and then the the album itself will be released on whited sepulcher records either as you know a, strictly as an audio format um, so you can download it and, and I mean, I, I think it like in and of itself, it's a very, very strong piece of music. Um, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, like field recording work that of, um, it reminds me a lot of like, kind of like David Toop or like Mike Cooper, who uses a lot of field recordings, Lucira Adult, um, yeah, with kind of like, uh, like Lust Mord and with some of the kind of like the dark ambient stuff, but also you can purchase um, kind of the preferred way is it comes via USB, a USB port with a 3D printed art object from uh, from Fra Fragile Abundance. And that comes with all of the uh, video and audio files, um, which is definitely the best way to uh, best way to experience it. So it yeah, it's it's available for free out there if you just want to go, you know, and, and experience it. But yeah, or if you want to um, you know, have like have it um, always on your computer. You could uh, download yeah. the video files. <laughs> have so. your 3D printed options. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it, and it's like definitely the most uh, like I feel like there's a lot of uh, translatable objects in uh, like in the videos that can be translated into a 3D printed yeah. art object. But this one is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it just tells you that the 3D printer is working. It's, like, I know people who have 3D printers, but it's like they break like crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, and uh, like, w uh, you know, like the more that those become accessible, I think that that would yeah. be like really cool. I think there's Definitely. a lot of work being done with like, you know, making those, you know, 
accessible to the to the masses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, well, it's been um, really amazing talking to you. I've, you know, we we've been you know talking over email and 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 you know I've kind of made my um, I've always had these questions, right? Like watching the videos, um, and it, it's cool to hear kind of where your mind was at or kind of what you were um, what you were thinking of as you were as you were creating those, but certainly not uh, not limited to one interpretation of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, is... I think that's the value of these interviews too. I love hearing people's process and inspiration. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. good. I'm, I'm, gl I'm glad you, glad you think so. Yeah. Well, awesome. Anything else that you'd like to plug or um, have coming up that you want to, you want to put a shout out to? Uh, <laughs> There's a performance that Galen Tipton is doing and I don't know what it's through. So I don't have the right details. Um, Food Man's also performing in this Twitch stream. <laughs> oh, in, in, in this one that's, so Galen Tipton and mm -hmm. Food Man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. it's, it's like out, it's happening out of Japan, but it's virtual. Um, and I wish I knew more details, but I can get them to you later. <laughs> yeah, I, please do it. I'll, I'll put it in the, um, I'll put it in like the description because yeah that, that that is honestly one of the the one like one of the things that i've actually really enjoyed about this is um you know like experimental sound studio was like you know like there's there's so many like uh, of these um outlets that are doing such a good job and the fact that i get to see some of these artists that i would never get to see in real life you know is like yeah really really special yeah i love it yeah. Although I, I will, I, you know, I can't, can't wait to get back to sing live music. I need, I, honestly, I needed a, like from just my life, I needed a break. <laughs> huh? I needed, a, I needed a hard stop. Um, and I got that, but now I'm really starting to miss it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I also, I guess I want to shout out like the VidiCon community. It's V-I-D-I-C-O-N. Um, I did a, I did a live stream performance of Garden of Astral Blooms through Vidicon not that long ago, and a lot of people are connecting on. They have their own website. It's very very well made actually, and that's called Scanlines.xyz, um, and that's kind of like a forum where people are sharing. Um, and yeah, very community based, really centered around video art, but there's a lot of like modular music experimentation and um, yeah, different stuff on there. So. I, yeah, I've been really pleased to get connected to more artists, especially during this time. And um, I guess sometimes I'm learning like, like the world of video artists and experimental artists like pretty small. And I, it I like is. <laughs> familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really doesn't, you know, it, it takes a couple degrees of connection, <laughs> you know, to pretty much anybody out there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for agreeing to talk to me on a, you know, Friday, Friday evening. So.